Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where the morning I have had this morning could have only happened to me, and if I was still writing a column, it would have been a three-part miniseries. I am not kidding you, and I will tell you everything. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, General Manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and uh, what do I call myself now? Impromptu Traffic Cop? Yeah, we've added a few titles, I think, at this point, and we forgot them all. Right. All right. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, that's true. Impromptu Traffic Cop. You can find me here right after Allison, right before Nahum's Live Lunch. I was almost... A de facto traffic cop this morning, about 20 minutes ago, and I will tell you what happened. Good morning, Yoni. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm intrigued already. It's not normal what has happened this morning. It's just not, it's not normal. I can't believe it. Even for me, like, I should not be operating heavy machinery. I have no good karma today. Everything has gone wrong. Okay, so let me begin. Okay? Yeah. Okay. I don't even know if we're going to have time for the fortune cookie. I don't know if we're going to have time for our guest. This whole morning was so nuts. I know like a part of it. You only know a part of right. it. And the part you know, you would think like, what could top that? Oh, <laughs> Fair. Shkaya, yeah. right? Okay. So last night when I came home for some ungodly reason, I decided I was going to do some baking. And what inspired me at that moment was to make some whole wheat bread. Okay. Okay. So I make my bread and the dough looks good. It's rising nicely, whatever. Fine, fine, fine. I take it out of the oven and they're bricks. Okay. They are I mean, they're 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 in loaf pans, mm-hmm. so they actually look like bricks. Nice. They are hard as rocks, and the, I couldn't figure out what had happened. Okay. All right. So in the middle of the night, of course, I was up in pain because my broken rib. I'm convinced at this point that my broken rib um, is supposed to get worse before it gets better. <laughs> that's wow. what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that happens. If you have experience with broken ribs and that's not the way it goes, please keep it to yourself because this is what I'm working with. Anyway, so in the middle of the night, I'm going through, as one normal person does, the recipe in my head and what I did and trying to figure out what I did wrong with the whole wheat bread. Perfect. And I've made this recipe before and I make bread all the time. So it just didn't make any sense. What didn't click, right? So my alarm went off at five o'clock this morning, as it always does. And I decided, you know what I'm going to do before I go to the gym? I'm going to put up more dough. So I go downstairs into the kitchen and I said, forget it. I'm just going to leave those aside and I'm going to put up a whole new batch of dough. And that's when I texted you and whatever. And I said to you, you know, I, I, I'm sorry for calling you late. And yes, I was calling Yoni at 520 in the morning. But um, but I had to put up more <laughs> dough. And you're like, okay. And then right, I, I was that's like, cool, when, great. Right. And that's why sure I said to you. Exactly. So um, so my kids get on the bus and they, they I come back from the gym. Dough looks great. Come back from that. My kids are up. They're moving around. I'm making the dough. I'm farming the loaves. Everything looks great. And so, as a gift to you, Yoni, I brought you in a sample. Uh, Smell that bag. Smell the bag. Right. Oh, it smells great. Yeah. That's whole wheat bread I made this morning. This batch came out perfectly. Right. And so, I made, look what I made for you. Awesome. Whole wheat bread. It's a whole wheat twist roll. I like when I asked you if it was diet eligible. Like, yes and no. Yeah, I saw you. Right. Whole wheat. I, and I put in some um, sun-dried tomato pesto. Oh, geez. Fancy. Yeah. And um, it's it's sprinkled with uh, a Merlot finishing salt. Of course it is. So, uh, I know, right? So, wow. by 7.15, I should say 7.45, things are looking up, right? Okay, fine. Great. Everything's looking good. Okay, so um, Stephen had gone to shul and then had because he went to sleep at three o'clock in the morning. Got up, went to shul, and then came home, went back to sleep. Fine. I come downstairs, take the bread out of the after you know getting ready for work, take the bread out of the oven. Good, good. My one of my kids who's in college was home last night. Okay, now we're on to second part of my morning. It's only eight ten. Okay, eight ten. At which point I hear noise in the dining room. 
I'm like, there's nobody home except Stephen's upstairs and my kid's getting ready to go to school. You know, she's got to get back to Stern or whatever. She's upstairs. What's going on? <laughs> Insert bird. Right. You heard me. There Insert was a bird. bird. There was a bird. Okay. This is the part that you knew about. There was yep. a bird flying around my, my, my dining room. Naturally. It was perched on top of my candlesticks. And because it is dumb as a bird, it kept on banging itself into the window, the glass windows. And I opened the do- front door. And as a normal person would do, I start yelling at the bird to go out the front door. And it's not receptive. My Weird. daughter. <laughs> I know. Right. My daughter from upstairs. She's like, what's going on? I said, there's a bird in the house. She, of course, she screams, awesome, yeah. comes downstairs, and Stephen's still asleep. I'm like, we got to do this and let Daddy sleep. He, he got home at 3 o'clock in the morning. After about 15 minutes of this uh, social experiment, um, I failed, and I was not feeling good about the bird running around my house anymore. My daughter had taken screens out of windows so that the bird would leave the house. Right, good, good. Exactly. Except what happened? The bird kept on flying past the open windows because you know why? It's a bird brain. <laughs> That's where the term comes from. And it would just settle on top of my piano. And this is what was going wow. on over and over and over again. So at that point, I had to wake up Stephen. And I'm like, this is not a joke. I'm not pulling a prank on you. There's a bird downstairs in the house. And I have to go to work. And this is what time already? 825. Wow. Yeah. And I'm out of my mind, frustrated and just annoyed that there's a bird flying around my house. I told you put it in your work bag and bring it to work. Right. Instead, they decided to open the window in the bathroom and take out the screen of the bathroom. And then somehow or another, they got it into the bathroom and it flew itself out. Great. So, okay. okay right. And by that time, I was already on the train and we all got a text. And you're bird thinking is that's gone. the worst of your day. Right. Insert the MTA bus system. Ooh, okay. Okay. I'm familiar. Here would be the third part in the miniseries that is my morning. I, I can't even believe what took place. So I'm waiting at the bus stop for just a couple of minutes. And all of a sudden we hear like, I mean, a screeching halt. There was a truck that obviously had to do a delivery to the pet store on Grand Street. Yeah. And saw that it was overshooting the the store. So um, it slams on its brakes as if there's a baby crawling on the street in front of it. And this is how big of a truck? Oh, it's a big truck. 18-wheeler? Or... No. Right. Okay, right. Fine. Okay. So where does that truck have to back up into? The bus stop. That's correct. Into the bus stop because that's where the pet store is. Uh-huh. This is the first stop on Grand. Yeah. yeah. So now what's, what's happening, of course? The bus is coming. Right. The bus is coming and the bus is honking like mad. And these this bus and this truck Truck. are about to completely collide. And every one of us in the bus stop are staring at it like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right. Total New York moment. Okay, so the of course, the bus driver nearly averts this massive accident. Mm -hmm. The truck driver couldn't care less. He's backing up. He's got a delivery. (laughs) He's not stopping for the bus. He's got to do his job. It's irrelevant that he's in a bus stop. Yep. Right? Okay. So we all go out into the street. The two of them exchange words, of course. And the bus driver doesn't care. And uh, Sorry, the, the truck driver doesn't care. Anyway, we start proceeding halfway down the route, down Grand Street. And of course, they're the the bus is pin drop quiet, except for one woman who's having the loudest conversation on her phone. Naturally, of course, of course. If you want to know, she didn't have, um, she didn't have too many taxes to pay on whatever thing that Good. she had just right. Okay, so we're, we're all yeah. right. We're all happy for her. So uh, they're approaching a stop, and what happens when you approach a stop in New York? Everyone gets up beforehand, except when the bus driver has to slam on his brakes. 
And everyone falls forward into the front of the bus on top of each other. Shopping carts going everywhere. Food going everywhere because... Because this guy, because the bus stop, because the bus driver had to stop short. Because I'm like, of, because somebody cut him off. Because in New York, you cut off buses. I wish you wore a GoPro this morning. Oh my God! I was just good content. I can't believe I'm here alive. Good content. I can't believe. I mean, <laughs> it's almost like I need to bench coma. I've been on one. I take the bus pretty much every day, and right? one time, only one time in you know three, four years already has the bus like halted to a stop, and a similar you know reaction has happened. But yeah. I mean, it was one person on top of another, on top of another, and and it's a lot of on this route. Yes, old elderly people, older people yeah. with full shopping carts, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, we're lucky that there was no person in a in a in a wheelchair because that often happens. Did on the this bus route. driver get out and like apologize and like? No, but of course the guy, the people who fell were like, "What? You know, what was that?" And he goes, "I was just the, the guy just cut me off. Yeah. Like you didn't even see it." It was crazy, but it was literally out of a movie where everyone falls to the front of the bus. So at, at this point, I'm sitting here in front of you, and I'm like, I should move away from you. Right. I'm telling like, you, I got the worst good is going on karma ever. I'm ever. out. I think I'm out. I know. I would leave if I were you. I'm just telling you, you should take that role I made you, which is the best thing that happened to me this morning, and get <laughs> out of here. There's no, no bird came in contact with that. No old person flying across a bus came in contact with that. Just get that and go. Wow. I know. I know. Your it's just first, totally. Uh, what is it? Five hours of your I morning. Just... I should just never have gotten out of bed. Yeah, one of those days. It's not. It's not even normal. I'm looking. I I see this image in my head right now. So I will tell you okay. that a number yeah. of years ago, when there was a uh, there was a train derailment accident in, at Atlantic Terminal, and the train didn't stop, didn't break in time, and whatever, and um and plowed into the terminal. Yeah. Right. Right. So. About a year ago, you know, as an impatient New Yorker that I am, when we were approaching Atlantic Terminal, as many people do, we get all, you know, you start standing up waiting for them to, you know, us to get into the track and whatever. And somebody looks at me and goes, you never stand up at this point on a moving train. He's like, he said, one, one false stop. He said, and you're just part of, right. He goes, and you're just another, just another headline, I think is what he said to me. So now I get on the bus, right. I get on the bus. I won't get up until the bus stops. Yeah. Right. Because then I'm those guys. That happens, by the way, on subways. In the windshield. On subways, where the subway just short stops and people are getting up because, you know, they're anticipating their stop and boom, people fall. But also, right. But also, you sort of think it's going to happen on a subway. Right. You You, you should expect it, not on a bus. Exactly. You're intending to slam into another human you've never met. Right. But on the bus, it's a little bit much. Wow. See, what I was thinking is there are some days in your life that if you, if I ask you what did you do on you know January third, and you like actually like try to look calendar and you like you have no idea what you did, this is a day you'll remember for a long time. February 20, 2020. Right. I know where I was. Crazy. I know where I was. I'm not playing any numbers. I'm wrapping myself in bubble wrap, finishing the shows, and getting home. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and because of my antics and crazy morning, we don't have time to go through the national holidays. Check them out for yourselves, folks. That's for sure. I can't even do a fortune cookie. I do not have the time because my morning was so insane, but I am unbelievably looking forward to speaking to my guest this morning. Uh, She's a returning guest here at That's Life. It's Dr. Yardena Osband. We're not talking this morning about uh, vaccinations, and we're not talking about the flu. We're actually talking about something totally different about which Dr. Osband is just as passionate as people making sure to vaccinate their kids. Dr. Osband co-hosts 
a podcast called Talking Talmud, which she co-hosts with Ann Gordon. And in their words, this is what this podcast is about. And as many people were inspired by the Dafyomi and by the, by the Siam Hashas and looking for ways to connect with it. I know that my daughter started doing Dafyomi. My husband's doing Dafyomi. I feel like I'm the only person not doing Dafyomi, frankly. But what Anne and Yordana came up with was this idea of learning Daf independently every single day and then coming together to discuss something that is their, shall we say, what they learned of, from the DAF from the DAF of the day in order to engage each other and their listeners in conversation. It's not a review of the DAF of the day. It's not an eight to ten minute sheer for the DAF of the day. It is a conversation about the DAF of the day. Good morning, Yardena. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm really thrilled to be here and a good plug on vaccines also. Yes, of course. My favorite topic, right? And vaccines. <laughs> so, right, Talmud and vaccines, exactly. So th- this this topic is is incredibly exciting in my opinion because it's um it, it's taking your passion and um and spinning it in a way to create a community. And part of that is not only engaging each other in conversation, but encouraging your listeners to engage in conversation and continue that conversation on your on your Facebook page and to be in touch with you as well so that there's conversation revolving around Talmud. It's not revolving around politics and it's not revolving around your kids. It's revolving around Talmud. And so I find that approach and that inspiration by Dafyomi to be unbelievably remarkable. Thanks. Um, yeah, we were really taken by the whole Dafyomi, I don't know if it's a movement or all the activity that was going, um, that we saw around it. You know, the woman's seum that took place in Yerushalayim, uh, the seum at MetLife that took place here in America. Um, I live in America and lives in Jerusalem. And, you know, we just, she and I always like to talk to her together and we've known each other for years, and we just had this idea, which was, let's just make this podcast because we feel, particularly as women, that Talmud feels a little inaccessible to some people, and we really feel like it's something that everybody can talk about and learn and bring their own background and own views to, Um, and that's kind of what the origins of the podcast were. And I love that you really understand it, Miriam. You know, the idea is just to have, let's just talk about Talmud. Um, every DAF has really interesting ideas, stories, uh, value lessons for us. And it's really sort of teasing those out and having a conversation around them together. I'm going to liken it, and, and, I, and I apologize to, to taking this route, but I'm going to liken it to a book club. It's almost like a daily book club where you're, you know, you're, you're taking a text and you're internalizing it, and you're talking about it to create this to create this group and this connectivity. But here, obviously, we're not talking about a layman's book or some kind of a you know secular piece. You're talking about the Talmud, and you're creating conversations about it. And now, the conversations, if I'm not mistaken, are not just for women; it's for whoever wants to engage. Yeah, it's for anybody who wants to engage, and we have men and women who listen. Um, and send us feedback and comments. And, you know, the idea is really to just say Talmud can be yours. It's it's your heritage. It's your Mesorah. And anybody can participate uh, with and interact with the DAP 
in a way that feels good to them. And I think the idea of, you know, sort of comparing it a little bit to a book club is exactly what it is. So, you know, when you do Dafyomi, it's really just sort of like getting through the DAF. You may listen to a 45-minute, a half-hour sheer, and we want to take it to the next level, which is, okay, it's not just that I accomplished the DAF, but what did the DAF make me think about today? What mm-hmm. lessons did I learn? What people did I encounter? Uh, what did I learn about my history? I mean, there's so much history even on the pages. Right. Um, who were these rabbis? What do we know about their lives? Um, and there's just a lot of moral lesson for us to take out of the DAF. And, you know, that I, I think the two people that we've sort of two groups of people that we've heard from who have been learning along with us are either people who really are doing the DAF every day but this sort of takes it to the next level for them, and it really makes them think about what they're learning. And then we have people who have, like, never learned Talmud before and said, you know, right now it may not be the time in their life to go through the whole staff, but it's exciting for them to think about that they can participate in the DAF in some way. We're not saying you need to learn the full DAF every day. Learn a little piece of the DAF every day. You still learn something more than you knew the day before. Right. I, I you know, that's that to me was was um, was how it hit me. And and I am not a Talmud learner. I am not. I, I you know, I learned Gemara when I was in middle school. I put it down in eighth grade, and I feel I feel pretty fine. But um, but to say that the the podcast speaks to people who are still. I don't want to use the word afraid, but still not ready to engage. It demystifies them because they're still able to connect. And even if they're not ready to pick up a Gemara today or tomorrow, they may be ready when, you know, when the next Masechta starts or they may be ready in seven years. But it doesn't matter. You're still giving them an opportunity to get their feet wet. And for people whose feet are already wet, you're giving them a different opportunity a different modality almost to connect with the text and and I think that that's exciting I also I'm, I'm particularly like happy for you I don't know Anne personally though I've heard wonderful things about her but I, I'm particularly happy for you because as passionate as you are about pediatrics and vaccinations you're also passionate about Torah and having participated in the Chidon HaTanach recently, which we are going to talk about. We're going to talk about that even for two seconds. And knowing that, you know, you love teaching Torah and you've taught in many schools and many synagogues and you've been a scholar in residence and you lecture on Tanakh and Halacha and on Gemara. Like this, this just speaks to, you know, both of your passions. It's it's like, you know, you're, you're one of those people who is able to work full time in your industry and and be able to f- you know feel that success in your second passion as well? Well, I I love that you feel the excitement and passion that I feel around this. Um, you know, I look. I've been very blessed that I've had a wonderful educational opportunities in my life. I grew up in Boston, was educated at Maimonides, which was Rabbi Soloveitchik School, where Talmud was an equal part for um, girls' education in the school. I then learned to Madrash at Lindemann for two years, continued learning at Stern. And, you know, I I have the bug of learning. I just love to learn. And I've kind of always struggled a little bit with that here I've had many of these wonderful opportunities, but, like, how do I put it out in the world? Um, and there is something scary about doing a podcast because you're a little <laughs> bit like, are people going to listen? Do they like what they have to hear? Right. Um, and the response has just been amazing. We have, you know, regularly now over 350 people to 400 people listening to each episode. Um, and I think like one of the most gratifying things 
uh, someone said to me is someone told me, you know, they actually for high school were not able to go to a Jewish school for a variety of some learning issues. And, you know, this is like a mother friend of mine, you know, who lives in the New York area. And she told me that she's been listening to the podcast and her husband took her kids to shul on a Friday night. She opens up a Gemara for the first time, mm. she said, in 25 years because she wanted to, like, actually look at the top and see what's there. Wow. And, you know, so to, like, be able to transmit that passion and excitement over to people and to get somebody to open up a Talmud who never thought of themselves as a learner right. is, like, the, you know, I feel privileged to have the co-host to be able to do that and to, like, transmit some of that excitement over to other people as well. Amen. Amen. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. We're joined by Dr. Yardena Osband, um, who is one of the co-hosts of Talking Talmud. Talking Talmud is available. available. Wow. It's a podcast. I know. It's just that morning. A podcast on Anchor, but they're also available on Apple and Google on Spotify and many other sites. Um, you can go to anchor.fm slash talking Talmud. Um, we'll also be posting uh, the link to that when we post the uh, link to this interview as well. So if you miss that, anchor.fm slash talking Talmud, uh, you'll be able to get the link from from uh, from that posting as well. Let's talk for a second about the uh, about the Chidon HaTanach. Now, you're not... Sorry, Chidon HaTalmud. The Chidon HaTalmud. Yeah, you're not 16 anymore. And yeah. there are, uh, you know, we all associate it, as I was saying, as the Chidon HaTanach, where, you know, you have... Correct. Right. So tell us about the Chidon HaTalmud and tell us how you got there. So this was a wonderful opportunity that my son and I did together. My son is in eighth grade at SAR. Um, there's a wonderful program called Talmud Yisraeli. I encourage people to look it up. Um, it's spelled Yisraeli, like I-S-R-A-E-L-I, uh, not with a Y. And essentially, there is um, an organization in Israel that has put out a Yomi for parent-child learning. Um, it's given out in a lot of shuls and also um, in schools um, as sort of like a pamphlet with a little section on each staff every day to go over with your children. Um, it was the founder, you know, who funded it is this man named Mayor Jacobson, who lives in Israel, who wanted basically to create something for him to learn with his own children every night. Um, you know, works hard and works full time. Um, and uh, through... Um, they eventually brought it to the United States, um, and uh, the head of it here is somebody named Gal Naor, who um, is a wonderful person, and the director is Yael Shulman, and um, they basically ran a chidon for the first time in Israel. There were a, a parent-child pairs. There were 1,100 pairs, and my son and I were very lucky to be in the final 15, um, and we went to Israel and participated in this great chidon in Yerushalayim, and you know, this sort of sparked the, uh, you know, they did it about a month before the Dafio Museum. Um, and I would encourage people to find their materials. Um, you, you know, I think it's a wonderful opportunity in a way to learn uh, the Daf with your children. I'm doing it right now with my 10-year-old. Amazing. Um, and, um, again, I think it's just another opportunity to make Talmud accessible to parents, children, people with any background. And, like, just remember, like, this is our real Masora, and everybody should participate and learn in it. There's no reason not to. And with translation, podcasts, you know, you know, there's more, there's definitely apps now. 
Right. So many different ways to make this accessible for people. The the Daf Yomi boom, um, and that's what I'll call it, is completely um, mind-boggling. But so much is um, can be attested, can be can be credited to the boom in technology and the different opportunities that people have to bring Torah home to them and to make it accessible. There are, it's no longer, you know, it's no longer the schlepping around of a volume of a heavy volume of Gemara. Everything is digital. Everything is available. And I think that that's part of the message of programs like this and programs like your podcast, like Talking Talmud. It's that it's all accessible. If you want it, it's there. It's literally at your fingertips. Nobody has to do anything anymore. So much of of Torah learning can be at your fingertips if you want it. Yes, and I think just the, you know, finding out what works best for you. Are you someone who likes to look at the page? Are you somebody who likes to listen to the page? Um, you know, and you want to do the 45-minute dot, the 25-minute dot, there's an 8-minute dot. Um, it's just everything is available. And just seeing the creativity that people are bringing to this project is unbelievable. And I've even been blown away by the number of my friends who really, as you said, like have just been, you know, bitten by the Dafyomi bug. And I think really feel like this is something I could really do. And I, for myself personally, just your whole framing of your day is different when you really dedicate it to some real learning. And, um, you know, and it, it just changes your whole day and changes your conversation with people. And, you know, like you said before, you know, not talking about your kids or school or job, but when you have a friend who reaches out to you and is like, hey, I learned this on the staff today. What did you think about that? I mean, that's bringing your friendship to a totally different level. Absolutely. And you know, something that I think everyone can get excited about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, the podcast is called, is called Talking Talmud. You can find it on anchor.fm. You can also find it on Apple, Google, Spotify, on many, many other sites. And again, we will be sending out the link to it as well. Talking Talmud, Yardena Osband and Ann Gordon conversing about Talmud and encouraging Thanks. you to converse with them. Yardena, thank Thanks. you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. We also have a Facebook page to continue right. the conversation. We're also on the Hadron website. Uh, we're around, and we really look forward to hearing, uh, you know, from your listeners as well and continuing the conversation with us. You got it, and I and I hope you hear from them. That is for sure. Thank you so much for joining me. Continued great work. Amen. Thank you. My pleasure. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and a full afternoon continues right after the conclusion of That's Life. It is the live one. you bring it up now? Okay, so you're going to be hearing the brand new release from Shim Kramer. It's called Vani Sefila. See, it's coming up in the background. Can't speak at the same time as that. Are you kidding? That's amazing. Jim Kramer and Sons, I should say, Vanessa Filasi. Anyway, the live lunch starts in just a few moments at 11 o'clock. Throwback Thursdays at 1 p.m. Encore of JM Rewind at 4 p.m. And, of course, the Arab Shabbos Show, hosted by Mark Zamek, begins 7 p.m. Eastern Time and brought to you by our friends at Kedem tomorrow morning. JM in the AM from 6 to 9 a.m. And at the conclusion of JM in the AM, join Naomi for Table for Two, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. 
And then the Arab Shabbos show encore starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And then until candlelighting here in the New York area, it is the Arab Shabbos music mix. Also brought to you by our friends at Kedem. Avrami host Saturday Night Seagull this Monday Shabbos starting at 9 p.m. Matas host JM Sunday, 7 a.m. Sunday morning. Please, if you have not yet voted... You need to vote. Go to voteoic.org. Vote Slate 4. That's us. Take part in Jewish history. Voteoic.org. Shim Kramer and Sons. Vanisa Filasi. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.